Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Daniel Hagen. Praise God. Let's give Jesus a big cheer again. He deserves it. We celebrate you, Jesus, the, the chief cornerstone, the foundation of this church, the head of the church. And so it's his birthday again, really, too. All right. Now, we've been working pretty hard this week, doing some filming, talking about our history. We try to, we had to cut a lot of stuff out to try and fit it in around seven minutes, maybe a little longer. I'd like to show you that film right now, if you guys are cool with that. Um, and then we're going to speak into it a little more. We're hoping to do a full-length documentary at one stage because we really want to document what God is doing because He's doing extraordinary things. And we want to remember that and we want to celebrate that. So, Maddie, could you stand up for a sec? I like to embarrass Maddie because he likes to be in the background, behind the scenes, behind the camera. Let's all look at Maddie right now. <laughs> Let's give Maddie a big cheer. And uh, now we've got a few people away because of uh, Ado and Ash had their wedding, by the way. How good is that? And. Uh, I'd also like to thank Ben on the sound desk. He's helping us out because we've got quite a few people away. Ben's from Gateway just down the road, and he's come over just to help us for the next few weeks. So we really appreciate that, the body of Christ working together, which is amazing. So thank you so much. Um, anyway, I pointed out Maddie because after the service and while we're having food, by the way, we've got a jumping castle. We've got food after the service, so make sure you hang around and celebrate. But Maddie's got this very special camera it's, a, it's his dream camera that he's got access to today and uh, we want to capture short testimonies highlights so things over the last three or four years or however long you've been a part of the family we'd love to hear one of your highlights it might be a personal highlight it might be something that you have seen or uh, or heard of we'd love to hear your story and we want to be able to capture that for a full-length documentary in the future so is that okay you guys up for that all right, so have a chat with Maddie, and we'd love to hear many highlights and capture many stories today. So let's hit the lights, and let's have a look at this first take of some of our history. Some of you guys might have never have heard any of this, so it'd be really cool. So in the month of March 2013, God spoke to me in a dream. And in fact, it was consecutive dreams on consecutive nights. And in that dream, he spoke to me about the area of Frankston and planning a church and a ministry base in the city of Frankston. He used the analogy of fish. And the dream scene was the Cannonock Creek that flows into the Frankston Bay. And so in the dream, there were many different types of fish in this dirty Cannonock Creek. And I could see the fish because the sun was shining down over my shoulder and just um, piercing this dirty water. So I could see these amazing fish. It was fish of many colors, fish of many kinds. And I interpreted that to be all sorts of people. It was a great harvest. And these fish were so hungry. And of course, he spoke to the disciples and the apostles about being fishermen of men and he's called us to be fishermen of men so i knew that this interpretation of the dream was that there was a great harvest of souls to be saved in real life the next time i went back to that site exactly where the dream was just to check it out there was actually real fish in the very spot that the dream was the dream scene and i looked down and it was only in the dream scene this was this was uh such a dirty creek there was, and I've been back to that place since and before, and there's, I've never seen fish in there, but there was like over a hundred fish in this one spot in real life now, clustered all around where the dream scene was. And I knew that was a sign from God that this is not just a dream, not a coincidence, consecutive nights, but this is real, that there is a harvest in this city of Frankston and God wanted us to build that ministry base. So the Ebdale Community Center was the first venue that we met. It's the closest community center or venue public gathering space to the train station and the train station is where we did our outreach and we would continue to do our outreach today so we'd preach the gospel on the streets we'd pray for the sick and then we'd invite them to the wednesday night meetings 
and uh, but 20 or 30 people turned up to that first meeting and we were so excited and the meeting was so powerful uh, it reminds me of the two chronicles scripture about the glory of the lord and the cloud of god that would fill the temple uh, and it was the presence was so strong that the priests could not continue their ministerial duties or i remember literally people being planted on the ground where they couldn't get up they were they encountered god and the presence of god in such a an unusual way that they couldn't leave and if we didn't get out and weren't packed out by 10 p.m on the wednesday night security would come in we're trying to drag people out of these meetings and security guards would come in so we try to explain to them they're not drunk as you suppose but this is uh the work of the holy spirit and they looked at us kind of unusual Hanlock primary school was available on the wednesday night so we began to meet there and we had some extraordinary meetings again many people begin to get saved uh, it was really interesting i remember some nights i'd walk in early to go and set up and we'd have a number of people that were gathered outside the doors and people were drinking people were smoking uh, sometimes i even had a whiff of marijuana uh, as i'm walking into the building as we're beginning to set up and these people now for some uh, pastors they might think what is going on but for me i thought our street ministry is working i'm glad they're here but many of the meetings would have half the people inside, half the people outside, because they're all from the streets. Around this time also, Frank Clancy really felt that he was called to evangelism and specifically to the indigenous uh, people of Australia. Now he had a church in Narry Warren called Rescue Australia. And so they felt uh, to become a part of Fire Church. And so Frank handed over his church in Narry Warren and we merged together. The Narry Warren Church and the Frankston Church merged together. And it was such good timing because we had so many broken people, so many new people, and we needed some more leaders. So God uh, sent these amazing people and they're part of our board still today. We outgrew the Cannonock Primary School and we needed a bigger venue. And also we wanted a Sunday morning service. Mahogany Center was in the Pines or the Frankston North region. And for those that don't know, it's actually the, the, has the craziest reputation as being really rough and a broken area. They would have drug labs. People were constantly being busted for cooking ice in that region. So we saw a lot of broken people get saved, get healed, get delivered. In some ways, very similar to the Cadillac Primary School. A lot of the meetings, especially the night meetings, we'd have half the people inside half the people outside smoking and we're slowly starting to disciple these broken people from the streets it was such a wonderful time and we'd have some wild meetings georgian and winnie banoff began to start visiting us on a regular basis and uh, so it was just some great memories at the mahogany center i really felt we needed a full-time venue and so i began to look around and pray for venues like maybe a warehouse or something like that that we could fit out there's not a whole lot of money there's not a huge budget but we had a huge vision and I believe that where God gives us vision, he also brings the provision. So we found a place, which is the place we're in right now, the high-tech place in Seaford. Um, it costs a lot of money on an annual basis to lease this venue and in the natural, um, we couldn't really afford it. I really had a strong sense that God wanted us here and all of a sudden we could just see there's a momentum and everyone started to say, yeah, you know what, let's do this. We really feel it's God. And so we ended up signing the paperwork and it took us a while in, in, in the early days where we now have coffee and where our um, cafe is in the foyer. That's where we would have our meetings in the early days. So we'd meet in the foyer while we're setting up the auditorium. We found some cheap carpet squares for like a dollar a piece. Uh, we found some old dirty chairs that we cleaned up in a pub out in Geelong. We hired a truck and went and picked them up. Setting out a venue was really expensive, but God just continued to provide. And the beautiful people in our fellowship, and I'm so grateful for our family, continue to be faithful in their giving. The little that we have, they've continued to be faithful. And I remember the first Empowered Conference on a Saturday night. It was a packed uh, hall. And we had hundreds of people that were activated on the outreach that were flooding the streets of Frankston, praying for the sick, preaching the gospel. I don't think Frankston had seen anything like it. We saw a crazy miracle that took place. We were worshiping God and all of a sudden in the building, we saw literal raindrops begin to fall in the building. There was no leak. Uh, it's a very well constructed uh, building. There was no problems with the roof or anything like that. But on the Saturday night, deep in worship, Todd White was preaching and we just saw these drops of rain begin to fall in various places in the building. We saw it as a sign and wonder and a confirmation that God is pouring out his spirit in Frankston. God is pouring out his spirit in this nation. Chelsea, I know it's a tough question because there's so many wonderful memories and stories, but can you maybe share with us what's one of your favorites? By the way, it's my beautiful wife, Chelsea, and we've been in this together 
the whole way. So what's one of your favourite stories? I'd have to say uh, a testimony of a gentleman named Kieran. Uh, he came into um, this building seven months ago and he said that he just had been given a death sentence of, um, of liver cancer and uh, you know he was just so broken and, and, and didn't know Jesus and I said well you've come to the right place because Jesus is in the business of resurrection and life and life more abundantly and so uh, we were able just to get around him and just love on him and, and pray for him he got ended up getting born again he got baptized and the best part was that he um, a couple of months ago came back and all the results of all the tests were completely healed all the 12 lesions were gone liver cancer was completely gone destroyed in Jesus name and Beautiful. just to watch him what he's doing now and the life that's come back into his heart that that is such a great joy and a reward uh, to see Jesus just work so beautifully in in people's lives you know that scripture in Psalms where it says this is the day that the Lord has made we will rejoice and be glad in it so we love being in the moment celebrating now but also looking forward and we believe that God's calling us to leave a legacy and so we've been talking about the different venues and what God's done in the various venues and now we're in our, a full-time venue but it's a lease building it's a lease uh, warehouse and it's still not permanent enough for us so we're looking at purchasing land and, and seeing uh, a purpose-built auditorium I began to speak to our board about it and began to speak to some of our leaders and team and we want to announce to you today that something that we're seriously thinking about and so what we want to do in the, over the next couple of years while we've got this lease is really begin to save we're going to take up some miracle offerings and believe God for the provision to buy some land to buy a purpose-built auditorium and also uh, potentially a school we'd even love to see a primary school a, yeah. a high school a supernatural school where children can learn and grow and be inspired in the things of God and uh, so you know we, we know that God's going to do more than what we can possibly ask for I think he already has over the last four years but uh, there's some of the things that we want to present to you today and we can't wait to see what God does in the coming next four years next five years next ten years go Jesus Glory to God. Man, there's been a few tears that have been running down this face over this weekend. It's just beautiful to see and just to remember and to think about what God has done. We had a great, who was at uh, the wedding yesterday of Adrian and Ashley? Now Adrian and Ashley Clark, the beautiful people, the son of the house, daughter of the house. I had the great privilege and honor of uh, officiating their wedding and it was great it's always beautiful when a couple just gives you the green light to say we want Jesus to be the center of this wedding to be the center of your message please let the people know how much we love Jesus and and God rocked up and and it was funny when it when I got there we got there early to set up and they had these tissue boxes on the front seats uh, reserved for the family and on the uh, not boxes tissue packets and on the packet it said uh, emergency tissues and I kind of laughed at that like you did but then as soon as the as soon as uh, the ceremony started literally like people were just crying everywhere left right and center Ado is bawling his eyes out I'm trying not to look at Ado so I'm like I gotta try and talk in a minute and his dad's at the front is bawling his eyes out and tear and and it was just a great beautiful day and a great night so by the way thank you for those people that were involved uh, we had a pretty late night last night, and you're here again this morning, so really appreciate that. Uh, this week's been amazing. Uh, you know, the really cool thing about, I love looking at our history, and we should look at our history and celebrate it, but what I love is that it's not looking back at the good old days. I mean, they are good old days, but a lot of our stories, a lot of our highlights, they're actually uh, of recent times and even this week our outreach i'm hearing about phenomenal testimonies and stories uh one lady from our bunyip campus came out to be a part of our friday night outreach and she just happened to run into someone that had pills and was ready to go home and take their life with these pills and commit suicide and here's this beautiful person committing their friday night to the outreach that person gets born again 
and decides they're not going to take their life. So isn't that amazing? This church started on the streets and we continue to have that as a core value and we'll continue to reach out to Jesus on the highways and byways uh, until he comes back. Amen? So uh, I want to talk about a few things. I'd love to hear maybe a few highlights from some people uh, this morning or this afternoon. Uh, this this week was interesting. I, I was in the Frankston Shopping Center a number of times. We did some filming in Frankston uh, just to grab some lunch. Uh, I got a haircut. I've still got the, that part. I got a, got a haircut and uh, in Frankston. And I was in the, the hairdresser, and I sat down, and she said, oh, what are you doing today? What have you been doing at the day off? I said, no, I'm just getting a haircut. I'm a part of a church. I'm a Christian. And she goes, it was really interesting because normally you've got to kind of talk to people for a bit. And you, as soon as you say that they're a Christian, they try and change the subject or something like that. But as soon as I said, I'm a Christian, she goes, I want to be a Christian. <laughs> I'm like, oh. The harvest is ripe. They're falling off the trees. The fruit's falling off the trees. And I didn't know, I wasn't expecting that. I'm normally like, I've got to kind of share a testimony or tell preach the gospel a little bit first, and she's like, I want to be a Christian. Anyway, it turns out that she uh, was brought up a Muslim, involved in the religion of Islam, uh, had been, uh, she was from Iran, her family's from Iran. If anyone knows what Iran's like, it's a pretty full-on place, and you're not allowed to leave your family, you're certainly not allowed to convert to another religion, or it can potentially be uh, fatal for you and for your family. And uh, so she's sharing her story about how she left Iran, went to South Korea, then went to New Zealand, then ended up in Australia. And as she begins to open up, uh, Donnie from Fire Church just happens to be walking past. And so Donnie comes in, and the place was empty. It was just me, Donnie, and her. And so for the next 20 minutes, you know what the conversation, how that went. We're talking about Jesus, sharing testimonies, letting her know how wonderful God is. And she opened up and said, even though I hate Islam because of the control it has on my people, I don't hate God. And uh, she began to tell us how when she went to South Korea, that she met some Christian people there that prayed for her. And she said because of their prayers, the door opened up for her to move to New Zealand. And then from there, she ended up in Australia. And she, but interestingly enough, never, no one had actually asked her if she wants to be a Christian. Because she's like, I want to be a Christian. How do I be a Christian? So we just, you know how it says one waters another plants and God brings the increase. Well, we just basically picked up on the harvest of all this wonderful work that was happening in South Korea with the Christian family there in New Zealand and she was just ready to give her heart to Jesus. So Donnie and I had the great privilege of leading this ex-Muslim, this Iranian lady. We held a hand each and we led her to the Lord right there in the Frankston hairdresser. So now I'm going to, um, I told her that uh, my wife's going to visit her and give her, we're going to try and find a Persian Bible, maybe a Bible that's mirrored with English as well. So if you guys think of it, if you're in Frankston, it's Nick Coles, it's a new hairdresser, it's only been open for two weeks, interestingly enough. She's only been there for two weeks and uh, she's come to the right place. So that was really cool. Uh, and, you know, Donnie said to me yesterday, just thinking of all the memories over the years. He goes, you know, when I first came to that Kananook primary school, he said, some weird dude, he goes, I thought he was weird at the time. Actually, he's here today. Tyrone. Hey, Tyrone. I'm talking about you. Is that all right? It's a good thing. Come in for a sec. So Donnie was telling me yesterday that he went, the first time he stepped into the Kananook primary school he said some weird dude we know you're not weird mate but for him it, it seemed weird at the time he goes he just he, I didn't even know him and he just got down on his knees and put his hands on my feet and just started to weep he was just crying whoa trust I love it I love Australia snag on a barbie at church you little ripper
Happy birthday. That tastes good, by the way. That was Donnie, by the way, if you don't know who Donnie is. So Tyrone gets down, bawling his eyes out, praying for his feet. Interestingly enough, and I'm sure, I don't know if maybe Tyrone knew what he was doing prophetically, but at the time, but the Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news. He goes on to say, during that message, I, I just threw out some random statement. Well, it seemed random at the time, but we know with God, often it's not random, right? And I, he said, I said something like, look, you might have the fear of man right now when it comes to reaching out to people. You might be struggling with the fear of man. And I said, but I promise you, if you hang around long enough, the fear of man will break off. And he said, like, he said something inside of him, like a fear, just it, he kind of felt crippled for a minute. And he realized, he goes, I've got this fear, and I know it's not who I am. It's not a part of me. And this revelation, kind of the, the light bulb went on, and he did. He decided to hang around. And if I don't know if any of you guys know Donnie now, but he has no fear now. He tells everyone about Jesus left, right, and center. And, of course, he was involved in the recent he was with me, and we, were, we both got to lead that lady, the Iranian lady, to Jesus. So isn't that awesome? Let's give Jesus some praise. So thank you, Tyrone. Awesome. You know, it's cool that we get to hear that story back, but many of the things that you do and that you say for the kingdom, you might not get to hear the total result you might not see in this lifetime the fruit but i tell you it's going to be a you think this party is good today wait till we get to heaven man it's going to be so so wild you'll have people running up to you saying you don't realize but you said this you did that you did that random act of kindness when you just showed me that love when everyone else was giving me a hard time and you believed in me you don't realize what happened and i you didn't see me but i went on and and uh it's it's going to be so beautiful when we gather together in heaven and and celebrate when we're all up there together. The next day I was in Frankston again. Thanks, Eve. Hey, I like your uh, version of The Great I Am. That was really good. Didn't the band do a great job this morning? So we're in the next day doing some filming with Maddie. We decided to go to, it was only meant to be like really quick because we didn't have a lot of time. We thought we'd quickly go to get some dumplings. By the way, they're good dumplings in Frankston. Some dumplings. And we sat down. And this lady, once again, we weren't trying to be, we weren't there for an outreach, although we're always ready for outreach, you know what I mean? Because we're always being Jesus to people. But we did have it in mind that we needed to be quick, eat, and out. But this lady came up to us. We ended up being there for like over an hour. This lady came up to us and just started to talk to us. And she was an elderly lady. I think she was in her mid-70s or something like that. And she just began to talk. And we ended up telling her we're from a church. And she's like, oh, I'm into spiritual things. And then she began to tell us how wonderful this Indian Sharma, this guru, is in India. And she says, I used to take, go on pilgrimages. Is that the right word? And I used to go and take people to India. And then as we're sharing that, is Ivan here today? I saw him during the worship. He might have had to go see his son play soccer. Ivan, who knows Ivan? He comes up very much like what happened with Donnie. We're sharing, and then not long after, Ivan comes up as we're talking to this lady about this Sharma. And she was talking heaps. We didn't even have a chance really to talk about Jesus yet, but she knew we were a Christian. She's telling us how wonderful this Sharma is. And then here comes Ivan, and, and he sits there. And about two minutes into the conversation, as he sits there, he looks at her, and she looks at him, and he said, I, I know you from somewhere. Where do I know you from? And he said, and it clicked, and he said, 15 years ago, I went with you on a pilgrimage. I got it right. And turns out like she didn't tell us this but he told us this at the table he goes yeah like all these clairvoyants went with you world-renowned clairvoyance so she was like really high up with this stuff this lady and she would take all these um 
all sorts of spiritual spiritual people to the Sharma, and they'd have these spiritual experiences. How many people know that if you visit a Sharma, it's quite possible you get a spiritual experience? It's a counterfeit experience to the Holy Spirit, but you'll still get an experience. So here's Ivan telling us that he visited this Sharma, but then he goes on to tell her, he said, but you'll never guess what happened to me around a year and a half ago. Because Ivan's been into all sorts of spiritual stuff. A year and a half ago, I was at the mechanics hall and I finished with an AA, an AA course and I saw this sign out the front, fire church. And so I walked in there and he said, I had an encounter with Jesus that is far greater, far better than any encounter, including the Sharma, than I've ever had in my life. He said, for a whole week, I couldn't stop crying. I was just under the power of the Holy Spirit. And he said, I've never experienced anything like it. And she's like, oh, oh, well, it's good that you've gotten that way. And, and so we were able to pray for her and say, look, there's a guru of gurus. And his name is Jesus. And he loves you. And it's no coincidence that we were talking to you about this. Here comes Ivan. And she knows that it's no coincidence. Let us pray for you. Let us bless you. Let us pray that you encounter the Jesus of the scriptures in the same way that we did and that your life will never be the same again. And she let us pray for her right there in the Frankston shopping center. So an Iranian, a Muslim, ex-Muslim from Iran and a spiritualist that was quite well known that would take world-renowned uh, clairvoyance to a Sharma in India for years. She'd take pil pilgrimages, and I'm starting to learn that word. And she encounters Jesus right there in the Frankston Shopping Center. Isn't that beautiful? There are so many stories, and that's why we want to capture these, because everyone here, honestly, put your hand up if you've encountered Jesus or something special has happened in the last three or four years in, the, in our beautiful history at Fire Church. Okay, look around at all those amazing stories. So beautiful. We need to capture this because as I said in that video, we want to leave a legacy. We want to celebrate our history. We want to continue to be celebrate the moment. You know, the Bible says this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice so we celebrate our history, we appreciate the moment, but we are also a people of vision. And we believe that as great as it is now, as wonderful as it is and all the wonderful things that God has done, there is still so much more. So I want to encourage you in your own life, what we talk about today and the principles of celebrating the history, the principles of being in the moment now and the principles of a people that have vision, apply that to your own life as well. It's going to be very powerful, but we have vision for the future. This is only just the start. We're not going to settle. We're not going to back down. Like that famous scripture where Elijah told the man to strike the ground to get the, the bow and the arrows, and he said, shoot those arrows out the window and the man only shot it three times he was obedient but he only shot it three times we might actually have a look at that now do you want to have a look let's go to two kings chapter 13 verse 15 you guys feeling cold warm we might shut that heater off if we can glory to god i'm gonna just have a little snack on this sausage Two Kings chapter 13, verse 15. My mum and dad and my brother are here today. You know, before, like Ben mentioned, we've been through a, a fair bit before the, the church had started. Not, not so great either. We really went through some seasons of valleys and wilderness. And, and at one point, I won't go into all the details, but we were a part of a ministry that went pretty sour, went pretty bad, and we'd invested everything into it, our wife, and and uh, we were in Queensland, and we decided that we just couldn't continue with that particular ministry, and we had to, we wanted to come back to Victoria, but we couldn't even afford to 
move our furniture back to Victoria. And so we ended up, we were ministering to these homeless people. We just gave away our furniture, gave away everything. We thought, stuff it, let's just go back and start fresh. Didn't have a home, didn't have a job. Uh, and mum and dad took our whole family in uh, at the start of 2013. And uh, so we squeezed in a little room. And, and so in some ways we were like homeless, even though we had a home to stay in. Uh, but it was a really difficult time, but a, a powerful time as well, because it was in their chair. We call it the, the visu- visualization chair that God began to speak to me about the future and about Frankston. And it was actually in their home during a really difficult time that the Lord spoke to me uh, in consecutive dreams. So, uh, you know, it's sometimes during the real tough seasons in your life that God really begins to birth great things and so if you'll believe and hold on and have vision and keep going and don't look left and right don't back down don't look behind but continue to move forward press forward press towards the mark don't give up if you don't give up you win and that's what i've learned over the last four years amen so but praise god for family glory to god so 2 kings chapter 13 verse 15 says and elijah said to him take a bow and some arrows So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it. And Elijah put his hands on the king's hands. And he said, open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elijah said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord, Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. So we see here that Elijah was giving instruction. And the man was obedient. He said, take the arrow, open the east window. So he opened it. Put your hand on the bow, and he, and he did it. So this, this man, this king, was being obedient to Elijah. How many people know obedience is good? The Bible says to obey is better than sacrifice. So it's a good start. He's off to a good start. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. And in some ways we might think that, you know, it's our fourth birthday. And so we've been obedient to the word of the Lord. He gave us instruction. Many of you here have come because the Lord spoke to you to be here. He spoke to us as leaders and said, uh, move into this warehouse. We're on our fourth birthday, so in some ways maybe that's symbolic for four arrows that have been shot. And we've struck the ground four years in a row. But do we stop at four? Do we stop at three? Or do we continue to press? Do we continue to believe for more? Are we happy with just a nice community? You know, the growth that we've had can be celebrated. There's now six campuses, one in the UK. And in comparison to statistics in Victoria, we're one of the fastest growing movements around. And that can we can pat each other on, on the back and say, isn't that awesome? We've struck the ground four times now, it's four years, and God's doing wonderful things, and miracles are happening. And so we've done it. Yay! Let's stop now. Or do we believe? Are we here for revival? Are we here to see the whole city transformed? Are we here to see the whole nation awakened? As great as it's been for me, it's nothing yet. It's just a drop in the ocean compared to what he's going to do. He can do far greater than what you can even possibly ask or think. And he's... He's demonstrated that so far. That unusual sign in the first empowered meeting where the rain fell in various places in the building. Just give yourself a slap for a minute and think about it, how wild that is. If you don't believe in God, just watch that a few more times. Go visit the art center. Go ask them if there's ever been a leak in the building. It's not just a sign so we clap our hands and say, wow, that was interesting. 
It's a prophetic sign. There's a message in the sign to say, believe, I'm a supernatural God. And I'm pouring out my spirit like I'm pouring out my rain. But he wants his people to be warriors. We don't just strike the ground three times and say, well, that's pretty good now. That's enough. We want every enemy destroyed and brought down to the ground. We want to burn hell down to the ground and not have one enemy remaining. That's why we're here. You can hashtag that one. Burn hell down to the ground. Two <laughs> then he said, take the arrows. So he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck three times. So he's being obedient. Check this out, verse 19. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck it five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria. So you have destroyed it, but now you will strike Syria only three times. He wants people to be passionate. If you have the word of the Lord, if you have a vision, don't be distracted. Don't think, oh, that's enough. It's okay, let's settle here. Like the Israelites and how they were led out of captivity, out of Egypt. It's a prophetic symbol for being led out of sin. And sometimes we celebrate that and we think, I've been saved, I've been delivered, I've been healed, I've come out of this stuff. And then we go through this season of wilderness. And some of us, we just, we, we settle, we, we get married and we have a nice house and, and we, we ticked a few boxes. And, and then we begin to settle and begin to slow down and we stop looking forward. We get distracted, we look left and right. And some of us even remain in condemnation for the past and they look back the Bible says forgetting the former things press towards the mark of the high calling I feel so strong this morning that God's saying celebrate but don't stop don't settle he wants to not only this city man open up your vision open it up keep striking the ground there's wells of revival in Frankston I want to bring a great friend in soon, Mark Whitby. He has such a wealth of knowledge on revival history. And he's been here for 20 years and he's been champion, interceding and praying with many of the leaders in this region. And they've been striking the ground. And in some ways, I believe that they're handing on the baton for us to continue to strike the ground. And I don't think it's, it's long until we begin to strike the ground on wells of revival again. We're going to see that spring up, spring up, O oh Lord, within our souls, spring up, O oh Lord. These prophetic words from Smith Wigglesworth and others, it's real and it's now and I know it like I've never known it before. I know it more than I knew to plant the church here. God is speaking so clearly and if you'll have an ear to hear, then let's say yes, and let's never back down. Let's never get distracted. Let's continue to press towards the mark of the high calling. Continue to strike the grounds of revival. Continue to throw away all our little problems and not be consumed and entangled with the things of this life and continue to endure hardness like good soldiers and strike the ground. Strike the ground in your family. Strike the ground in your workplace. Strike the ground in your school. Strike the ground wherever you are. Because wells of revival are there. And God's wanting to pour out His Spirit like He never has before. And if you're with me today, give me a big shout. Because I feel like I'm doing a lot of shouting. I need some help. <laughs> Philippians chapter 3 verse 13. I want to give you some keys. I believe the striking the ground in some ways represents, it's obedience, but it's obedience with kind of a half-hearted attitude. It's obedience, but it's not taking it all the way. And maybe because of discouragement, you stop. Or maybe because of blessing, you stop. You know, interestingly enough, when the Israelites left Egypt, they took a whole bunch of gold with them, and they were blessed. You know, God wants to bless you. 
sadly, the very gold that God blessed them with as they left Egypt was the gold that they used to build and to melt and to begin to worship this foreign god, this false god of the calf. And so sometimes as we begin to strike the ground and great things begin to happen, we begin to, the very blessing, we begin to turn that into an idol and we stop moving forward and we stop striking the ground and we become content. And that is idolatry in a way. It's with idolatry with contentment. We're just, we're at ease. And in this nation, there's a great trap of being at ease. You know, some of the Chinese pastors and some of these pastors in foreign lands where they're constantly under persecution, they say, at least we know our enemy. They say, in some ways, we're more worried about the people in the West because you can't see your enemy. It's the enemy of complacency. It's the enemy of just, oh, this is cool. We're satisfied. We'll just stop here. But God says, no, strike the ground. Keep striking the ground. Keep going. You're going to go through hard times. There's going to be seasons. The enemy's going to come at you from different ways, particularly if you're brave enough to believe that revival's going to hit this town, that revival's going to hit this nation. If you'll be a part of it, the enemy's going to try and stop you, so you need to be prepared. The good news is that the devil's scared of you, though. He believes, but he trembles. Amen? Now, we need to believe and not tremble. Let the devil do the trembling. We're a people of faith. Amen? Philippians 3.13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are which behind. Sorry, forgetting those things which are behind. And reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you guys, but I hate sitting still. My rest is in God and intimacy in Him, but I, don't, I have to force myself to take a Sabbath day sometimes because I know it's good. Mum and dad said, as soon as I was born, they said, even before I learned to walk, I started to run. Like literally, they couldn't catch me like I'm this little kid bolting off and, and they'd constantly be looking for this little kid that didn't learn to run before he learned to walk. But I believe it was prophetic because I, I feel like even when I'm sitting here watching the worship or watching someone else preach, my legs are like fluttery and I'm like, I, we just have to do something. These days, there's not many days left. We've got to press. We enjoy life. We have life more abundantly, but we press. There's nothing more important than seeing someone come to Jesus. We've got to see heaven populated. Like Ryan Hardbonke said, the general, it's his last year, by the way, of ministry, and he just signed on to say, I'm going to be there in Prague for the Awakening Europe. Isn't that awesome? He's having his last crusade in Africa this year. And he's, I remember one statement at the Hillsong Conference. I was there a few years ago. And he said, hell empty and heaven full. And that was his mandate. And he's done it so well. And he's run the race. And he's remained pure and holy. And his marriage has been successful. And his family is successful. And he's, he's remained on track. And he hasn't stopped. From his mandate of saying heaven full and hell empty. And I believe we need to get a hold of that, that zeal. We need to be a people that will press. You don't need to be an evangelist to have that zeal. Amen. You just need to be a Christian. Who's a Christian here this morning? Who's not a Christian here this morning? You're in the right place. If you put your hand up, you're brave. That's awesome. But you're going to need to be brave to be a Christian. So you might as well start being brave now. Amen. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching toward those things which are ahead. I press or I run. I run. I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I believe that this represents in some way what potentially can stop us from continuing to strike the ground is that we're looking behind and the enemy tricks us he tries to get us looking behind and tries to get us remembering our past mistakes 
condemnation. But the truth is that we, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus, there's no need to look behind anymore. You, you might remember, and the enemy might try to remind you, but you know, God's forgotten. That's the beautiful grace of God. You need to understand God's forgotten, so if He's forgotten, who cares what anyone else says or what anyone else thinks? As far as east is to the west, He has removed your transgressions. And not only that, He's literally, the Bible says, He's forgotten your transgressions because you're in Christ Jesus. That's why it says, forgetting the things behind. Keep striking the ground. Don't be distracted and look back and say, oh, but man, I can't believe that person did that to me. Maybe it's a fence that's causing you to look back. Offense. And in the spirit, there's, because of offense, there's all these fences that you build around your life and these spiritual fences around your heart because you keep looking back, you keep wondering why that person did this to you and I can't believe that person did that. And you live in this place of being a victim. And although there is a time to mourn and, and there's, you know, we walk through pain with one another, the Bible wants you to understand, Jesus wants you to understand that He took that pain on the cross. There's got to come a time when you just say, you know what, I'm going to forget about that pain of the past. I'm going to forget about the former things. I'm not going to be offended or bitter at people anymore. If Jesus forgave me for all my junk, I'm going to forgive them. And I forget. And I say, thank you, Jesus. And all those fences begin to fall. And I open up my heart again to God. And I open up my heart again to to people and begin to love and pour out my life as a love offering to, to others and to God. Then, when there's no fences in the way, we can press. Press towards the mark of the high calling. Strike the grounds and the wells of revival. Press on. Amen? So think of that one. These are things that have helped me. You know, we, look, we celebrate all the good things and we highlight all the good things over the last four years, but I promise you it hasn't all been rosy. There's been tears. There's been pain. There's been hurt. There's been discouragement. Anything that is worth building, anything that's God's, I guarantee you there's going to be sacrifice, there's going to be pain, there's going to be stripes on the back of the people that were involved in building that. And this scripture has helped me. I remember right in the early days, the general in the faith, Frank Clancy, he prophesied over this to me and Charles, and he said, forget the former things, press towards the mark of the high calling." And we did that and we hold on to that and we keep that as a pillar in our life. And I want to encourage you to do that. Amen? Jesus is so good. His love is amazing. His love is beautiful. And without love, we wouldn't be able to press. I just want you to know that. Sometimes when I shout and stuff and I get very militant, very passionate, but I want you to know it's only because of love. Only because of intimacy. It's the greatest weapon, actually. The greatest soldiers are the greatest lovers of God. Let's now go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25. And I might get the whole band to come up if we can. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25 says, Let your eyes look straight ahead. Everyone say, let your eyes look straight ahead. In fact, why don't you say to the person next to you, just, just give them a room, look in their eyes and say, Let your eyes go straight ahead. Stare at them. (laughs) And that's that's enough. Stop staring. (laughs) Man, I must be fired up this morning. I've still got half a snag here. (laughs) They're good, by the way. They're good. You guys are going to love them. Proverbs 25 down to 27. 
Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on Him. This is the generation that will seek His face. Set your gaze upon Him. Fix your, my gaze is fixed upon you. He's the path. He's the way. And he leads us. And it's a hard way. It's a narrow way. But His yoke is easy and His burden is light and there's green pastures and still waters and there's life, life more abundantly. It's beautiful. But we must look straight ahead. And your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Check this out. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. So we see in Philippians, God's saying, don't look behind. By the way, when you are walking in God, when you're intimate with God, when, you, when you're hungry for the anointing of God, the Bible says that the anointing is your rear guard. So that's why you don't need to look behind. Because the anointing is there. God is there. He has your back. Even if no one else does, He has your back. You know, even if no one else prays for you, Jesus is praying for you right now, 24-7. 365, it says He intercedes. He seats, he's seated at the right hand of the Father and He's making intercession for you right now. But the anointing is your regard. And that's why it says, press, look forward. But here in Proverbs, it says, don't look left all right, remove your foot from evil. I believe that the little glances, what are we, gentlemen, what are we glancing at with those little left and right glances? What are we looking at late at night on television? Here it says, remove your foot from evil. I believe that represents temptation. And many of us are tempted in different ways to transgress against God, against His character, against His love, against His holiness, against His righteousness. And many of us, because He is holy, we're holy, and so you begin to tra transgress and make decisions to do things against who you really are. The Bible says that you're righteous now because of His blood. You're holy now. So be ye holy, for He is holy. Don't look left and right. When temptation comes, Fix your gaze upon Him and say no to the enemy, no to temptation, because we've got a job to do. Let's not look left. Let's not look right. Let's not look back. Let's keep striking the ground and keep pressing forward, because God's got amazing things for us. As individuals, in your own life, because we are the church, and in the context of this morning celebrating our birthday, as a movement, as a family, as a a local church in this city of Frankston as a church that has a vision for this nation to get rocked with the gospel like it never has before. Let's not look left. Let's not look right. But press. Let's not go back. Forget the former things. God's forgotten that you forget it. Let's go. You're not a victim anymore. You're victorious. Amen. He's going to turn your mess into a message and your test into a testimony and as Moses told me yesterday, your tribulation into a tribute for Him. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Jesus, we love You. Jesus, we celebrate the great things that You've done. God, we live in the moment because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we live in joy and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. We're a people of the moment. But we're also a people of the future, a people of vision. So Lord, I pray for those that maybe you've had vision that's been dormant or in some ways, subtly, the enemy's been able to get you just to kind of back off from pressing. And maybe like this gentleman, you've been obedient in so many ways, but you only struck three times. And if you just had to went five or six times, that, that well would have broke open. But I've got great news for you. Even if you have been someone that's backed off, that's been shut down for various reasons, 
God can turn all that back around right now in one moment. And He's so powerful, He's so amazing that He can bring back what you lost and then turn your detour into something that's powerful because you learn a lesson through that detour and He'll add to you and give you more than what you could have ever have imagined and dreamed. And that's called grace or unmerited favor. So I don't care how old you are, how long you've been struggling for, how young in the Lord you are, no matter who you are, God's grace is for you today if you'll say yes to Him. Amen. But listen, I've been talking predominantly to Christians this morning. This message is geared to, to fire up Christians. But maybe you don't know Jesus. And so the first step is saying yes to Him. Or maybe you know of Him, but don't know Him. I'll give you an example. Many of us, if I say the name Michael Jordan, Number 23, Chicago Bulls, great player. But you never sat at the table with him. You don't have his phone number. You don't talk to him on a regular basis. You don't know him, but you know of him. God wants intimate relationship with us, not just to know about him or know of him or know of the stories, but to know him personally. He invites you to not religion. He invites you to relationship today. But you can't drink out of two cups. You can't have the cup of darkness and the cup of light. You must embrace Jesus fully. You must cling to Him. Give your whole heart to Him. That's the gospel. That's the good news. We leave our old life and we fully commit our life to the Lordship of Jesus. doesn't matter what you've done. And I feel I need to share this. There's, you know, some of the scriptures that I shared today, even the, the one in Philippians about not looking back but pressing forward do you know the guy that wrote that was a murderer in his past life he killed Christians actually he did horrible things and yet when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus he repented and he said oh my goodness what have I done and he realized he'd been persecuting the wrong people He'd been going the wrong way. He'd been going down the wrong track because he met Jesus. He met love. So he turned and he gave his life to God and he became a great apostle. And many of the letters that we read in the New Testament today are from him. A picture of grace. Paul is, an, is a, a trophy for grace. So I don't care what you've done. God doesn't care what you've done. In the, like he, There's always consequences. He doesn't want you to do it. But right now he's saying, look, my son has taken it on the cross. Yes, you probably did deserve justice, but my son took that penalty. The wages of sin is death, and he took that on the cross. And he did it because he loves you, even while you were yet a sinner. And that sin, that wall of petition between us and God, he wants to break that down this morning. And he wants to say, I don't care. We're going to punch through that because I don't want a wall between us anymore. I want that to come down because I want relationship with you. So if you want the Jesus of the Bible, the Jesus of love, the Jesus of mercy, the Jesus of no condemnation, the Jesus set, the, the Jesus that says, forget the former things. Let's press towards your future with me. He's got a destiny. He's got a hope. He knew you even before you were formed in your mother's womb. There was a plan for your life. And he wants you to step into it. He's passionate about you this morning. He loves you. If that's you, just give us a wave. Just put your hand up. If you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, give us a wave. God bless you. Anyone else? Well, you're going to say wholeheartedly, I'm coming to Jesus. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? Just God bless you. That's so beautiful. Anyone else? If I can't see you, just give us a little wave. I love that. Listen, I'm going to ask that you take a courageous step and come forward this morning. If you put your hand up, and uh, if you have a friend and, and they want to come forward with you, please do that. And in, in a moment, I'm going to open up the altar, and uh, we're going to pray for people. Maybe you've been stagnant in your call, or maybe that vision has been pressed down through discouragement, through disappointment. Maybe you've been tempted to continue to look back, and there's been fences around your life through offense or bitterness or whatever it is. You've been looking left and right. 
and you just want to get back on the narrow path, then come forward as well. So if you put your hand up to receive Jesus, come forward. If you need some help in this, come forward. I want to pray for you right now. We're going to invite the ministry team. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one or for other information, check out our website at firechurch.com.au. Right.